It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN as we take a look on this Monday about some of the stuff that we're going to, some of the issues we're going to be tackling. Certainly lots of stuff out there, lots of things going on. Jason Jorgensen's in here along with Bob Brogan and Susan Littlefield. And let's start with Susan, see what's going on in her world today. Well, thanks, Scott. Here's what's happening here on the midday from the farm team. I'll kick it off here at 1219, where we'll get details about an Instagram contest with the American Lamb Board that wraps up tomorrow. But it goes beyond that. It's the promotion of American Lamb. Then Alex steps in at 1245 as she talks with McKenna Eisenzimmer of Keith County, who recently awarded a $1,000 student project grant from the Nebraska Farm Bureau. Then Chabella steps in at 117 as she talks with Chad Shelton, talks a little feral rye, and also how the trail at High Plains Ag Lab in Sydney is faring this year. I'll be back with Mike Zuzalo coming up, but that's a midday from the farm team. All right. Thank you so much, Susan. We turn it over to Jason Jorgensen. Jason, uh, Austin and I got to do a baseball game on Friday, some live sports. There's a lot of people there. Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah. People people are hungry. They are. They're hungry for action. I, I like that. That's good. that's good news. I hope that can I hope that can continue. It looks sure. like they have pretty decent crowds also over in Hastings as the Sodbusters at the oh, start yeah. of their year. Of course, they had to social distance there and they couldn't fill every seat but people want to watch sports was that against the moo it was against can the you, fremont moo do you can you boo the moo or is it uh, is it frowned upon i don't know <laughs> just things i have to ask i'm just curious about but, uh fremont opens up the year three and oh okay uh, sodbusters back in action this afternoon against western nebraska double letter uh, the news wasn't as good down in Manhattan. They have some uh, turbulent times down there with mm-hmm. Kansas State football players saying they will boycott all team activities until administrators create a policy that will allow for a student to be expelled. This is just an ugly, ugly situation yeah, that has uh, popped yeah. up there. And there was some NFL news. Cam Newton will see how much treads left on his tires as uh, he'll try to reboot his career. With the New England Patriots. Also, uh, the Patriots have been fined over a million dollars by the NFL for inappropriately filming the Cincinnati Bengals sideline during a game last season. Which begs the question, why? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, I guess. uh, I mean, I could see to cheat if you had a game coming up against the Chiefs or someone (laughs) relevant. But the Bengals? But it worked as they uh, beat the Bengals last year, 34-13. to But there are... Uh, some repercussions here. The league took away a third-round draft pick, and also the team's production crew will not be allowed to shoot any games if there is a season. Patriot vision in trouble. <sighs> you got to love the Patriots. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Jason. <laughs> we turn it over to Bob Brogan. Stocks up today. Stocks are up in trading, and, uh, in fact, uh, the S&P 500 was up 30 points at one point earlier. Also, the number of Americans signing contracts to buy homes rebounded in May. So that's uh, good news. Um, Domino's Pizza is uh, messing around with uh, offering car-side delivery services. As we, The new reality is that lots of businesses are changing their models, so they're looking at some changes. Uh, details on that coming up. All coming up on May. 11.43 here on a Monday. Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us 
and around the world. Paul Perkins in here with me as always. And uh, I tell you, this may be the most humid day, at least around here, that we've had so far. Exactly. We really haven't had a whole lot of humidity, and usually that starts rearing its head about this time of year or maybe a little bit earlier in June. And here we are the last week of June, and finally a really humid day across the area. Uh, A lot of us with some filtered sunshine in central and east Nebraska to northeast Kansas with some clouds that are gradually breaking up. And also you may notice some haze in the air. And in case you were wondering, that is the dust of the Saharan Desert that has made made it into our area. It was here yesterday. And if you look at some webcams, and like I'm looking at the Burwell Bureau cam right now, you can definitely see still some haze in the air. And that is the dust from the Saharan Desert that's made it all the way to Nebraska that you've been hearing the national headlines about. I saw some uh, pictures that people have taken of uh, sunsets and stuff. Pretty spectacular stuff. It's just crazy. Exactly. Of course, when the sun sets here, we usually have some kind of a thunderstorm off to the (laughs) west, and we we can't see it. (laughs) That's what we have. It doesn't mean it's going to rain any, but uh, yeah. All right, go ahead for it. But definitely on the warm side and the humid side, as Scott mentioned, a lot of us with dew points right now in the upper 60s to low 70s. The highest dew point currently in the Aurora area at 73. They always seem to be the more humid area. Um, probably a lot of corn production there having to do with the factor on that. Those dew points ran around 70 and temperatures right now in the upper 70s to the low 80s with those skies gradually becoming more clear. Sunshine and breezy today. Temperatures slightly above average as a ridge of high pressure expands across Across the plains now closer to a cold front and on the edge of this ridge of high pressure a few thunderstorms may make it into western nebraska later today and tonight now, by tomorrow evening that cold front will be into central areas of nebraska and kansas just ahead of the front another another day with above normal heat will be across the area Thunderstorms are possible with that cold front's passage late tomorrow into early on Wednesday. Better chances of storms and severe weather, though, in north-central Nebraska. Wednesday behind that front, temperatures only slightly cooler and mainly seasonal. Thursday into the weekend, more summertime heat on the way with highs in the 90s. Returning with south winds on the backside of high pressure. An expansion of that high-pressure ridge will keep any thunderstorm activity very isolated. And in in the long-term forecast, it's going to feel very much like July. Very likely that temperatures for Nebraska, Kansas, and much of the eastern two-thirds of the U.S. will be above normal for Independence Day through July 12th. So you got your hot July forecast on the way. Central Nebraska highs during that time, usually in the upper 80s with average overnight lows in the low 60s. Once again, we're going to be above that on the average. What usually goes along with those above normal temperatures is drier weather. And unfortunately, that will be the case this time. Below normal rainfall likely for Independence Day through July 12th for Nebraska and Kansas. Key weather factors impacting the market include a mixed Midwest rain pattern and favorable weather for wheat harvest in the southern plains. On the plains, dry weather has returned from Nebraska southward. That's accompanied also, of course, by those above normal temperatures. Rain needed across drought-affected areas of the central and southern high plains to alleviate stress on pastures and summer crops. A cold front stalling by the middle of the week will generate five-day rainfall amounts of one to three inches across the northern plains then from the mississippi valley into the southeast u.s midwest rain amounts will vary this week northern central and southern areas of the midwest will have moderate to locally heavy amounts western and eastern portions of the midwest will be limited to no precipitation that drier trend may be stressful for 
pollinating corn and blooming soybeans. Storms in the northern plains will come with some moderate to locally heavy rain the next several days. Before the storms hit, though, stressful heat expected. In the southern plains, the mainly hot temperatures and only scattered rain chances will favor wheat harvest the next several days. Central Brazil... It'll be mainly dry this week, a trend that's favorable for additional progress of the second crop corn harvest. For southern Brazil, moderate to heavy rain this past weekend benefited the winter wheat but disrupted the harvest. Okay, all right. Well, stressful heat is uh, going to be a watchword for a while. Huh? Exactly. We're going to be right at you know heat advisory levels, pretty close to it, but probably won't see one issue, but... Definitely take note of the heat if you're working in it right now and yep. this week. Yep. All right. Very good. I imagine people are. <laughs> exactly. Drink plenty of water. Yeah, for sure. And be careful, uh, too, with fireworks and stuff like that. There's some areas drying out pretty good. And, and we've seen across the country some wildfires from that. Exactly. So. Yes. Be extremely careful on that. That's for sure. All right. Thank you very much, Paul. I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather? WeatherTap, krvn.com. District. You have until June 30th, which is tomorrow, to get those lamb pictures on Instagram. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Gwen Kitson is the chairwoman of the American Lamb Board, but cooking with lamb, it goes beyond this contest that wraps up tomorrow. But she first explains the contest. Um, if they post those pictures, you know, on Instagram and they tag fan of lamb by June 30th, they're going to win some fabulous prizes. But to me, the most important part about this contest is the American Lamb Board. They will be donating to Feeding America up to $10,000. That is amazing. What a great way to be able to help folks out with some food, but at the same time, introduce more folks because everybody loves a challenge. Uh, love a challenge and you know and it's been so much fun to watch people you know cooking uh on all the different uh media challenges and social media and and just having a good time you know um i have a a, a friend down in the rapid city area and and, and miss peg she goes uh, oh i got on the, I, I got on that website and i'm cooking my way through their recipe so each week she comes and buys a different cut and she goes, oh, my gosh. She goes, we have been having so much fun and, and bringing people together. And she takes it out and shares it with everyone. So, And this is what we want, you know, the excitement in this, in this crazy world right now, just to bring people and, and families together and enjoy cooking at a very easy-to-prepare protein, which is American lamb. And I can't brag up enough about you guys' website, AmericanLamb.com. Any thoughts or ideas that somebody has about cooking lamb, it is literally there at a click of the mouse. It is. And if you're going, well, what kind of spices do I have? It's there. Do we have this available? It's there. Can we substitute? It's there. I mean, they a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of creative people are out there working to make lamb such an easy protein to cook. And it's such a good, clean, healthy and that's the main thing right now is it's a healthy, healthy protein for that we desperate that we always need that a humans always needs. But you know, to, to help people cook though, right now there is some incredible Instagram live videos out there right now showing people how to cook. Now, for example, we have uh, Ryan Mahoney and his daughter out of California. They, you know, they were the first uh, American Lamb Board 
Instagram guest on May 8th. And oh my gosh, they were such a hit. It was just it's so enjoyable to watch them. And upcoming, we have Jake Anderson, Anderson Ranch out of Oregon. Um, we have one of our favorite bloggers, uh, Daniel Hartz from the Rustic Joyful Foods. And Carolyn Reese from Little Creek Lamb and Beef in Montana. And Cody Hemke coming out of Wisconsin. An incredible cook. He is, is just fantastic. We have all these people coming on Instagram to literally walk you through the steps of how to cook this lamb. Anything else, Gwen, that you would like to add when it comes to the lamb industry and, and your role as chair of the American Lamb Board? You know, the, you know, everybody is really kind of glued to their computers right now and, and doing all their conference calls and everything. And sometimes it's just so good to just to walk away, come into that kitchen, and use this as a creative outlet to, to enjoy and enjoy life and, and what we have been given. So, you know, right now, how, how can, you know, I want to say thank you to the American consumers. That's Gwen Kitson with the American Lamb Board. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Pro Radio Network. Time for Midday Sports. Our own Jason Jorgensen is joining us. And, well, Jason, in the last 24 hours, some big news developing in the NFL. Yeah, there has. And the NFL Players Association has rebuked players participating in group workouts, saying they are not safe. The union's chief medical officer had previously said that players should avoid practicing together, but the top players, including quarterbacks Russell Wilson and Tom Brady, posted images and videos on social media that showed them, uh, well, basically not worrying about that advisory, practicing with their teammates last week. Now the NFL continues to push forward with plans. They're going to try to kick off the season on September 10th. But last week, of course, they were forced to postpone the Hall of Fame game. And uh, there was there will be no Hall of Fame induction ceremonies for the very near future. Now, I don't know what kind of punishment there would be or if they can impose a punishment to NFL players that continue to play catch, basically, at this point. Yeah, I mean, that that's what it's been. And you can see why the guys would like to uh, stay sharp. Sure. As we've said before, where's the middle ground? Right. Uh, Cam Newton gets a chance to restart his NFL career. He'll be filling in for the very big shoes of Tom Brady. Yesterday, the Patriots announced they've reached an agreement with him, bringing in the 2015 NFL Most Valuable Player. I have no idea how much tread is left on his tires, but if anyone could reboot his career, probably Bill Belichick. He's been injury-plagued, but dude's only 31 years old, and when you're working with a mastermind like Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, you can't count him out. You just can't. No, you can't. And uh, if they have a season, he he might end up being a uh, a good find for them. Now, not all the news yesterday for the Patriots <laughs> was good. They've been fined one point one million by the NFL for inappropriately filming the Bengals sideline during a game last season. So yesterday, the league took away a third round draft pick in the twenty twenty one draft. Also, the team's production crew will not be allowed to shoot any games if there is a season. Uh, the Bengals won one game yesterday. Uh, last year, correct? Yeah, yeah, they, they won one game. <laughs> now, from what I understand, if they win a certain amount of games, they may get that that third round draft pick back because of the certain the jargon that's in there. So some people are like, "Well, that's why they signed Cam Newton. If they can win a certain amount of games, then they may be able to get that third round draft pick back." The bigger question is, why are you cheating and worrying about the Cincinnati Bengals? Good question. 
And former Crane star Justin Patton is now a member of the Detroit Pistons. Over the weekend, he signed with his new team. Of course, he originally was the 16th pick the 2017 NBA draft. He played in just five games last year for the Thunder. But if you are a seven-footer and you can do the things that he can do, right. you sometimes you're given more than you know first chance. Hopefully it pans out for him. I mean, he usually does sometimes for guys, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. He's been hurt. He just has to find a way to stay healthy. That's sports. For more, you can check that out anytime at krvn.com. Thank you very much, Jason. Coming into the 4th of July holiday weekend, fuel prices are down on average 50 cents per gallon compared to a year ago. However, Nebraskans are about to see pump prices tick up beginning July 1st. Rose White, Public Affairs Director for AAA Nebraska, explains. Fuel prices in Nebraska are expected to increase due to a nearly $0.04 increase in the state gasoline tax. This is a new record high for the state gas tax, which is at 34.1, and combined with the federal gasoline tax of 18.4 and the underground storage tank fee of 0.9 cents, motorists in Nebraska will pay 52.5 cents in taxes and fees for each gallon of fuel purchase. Despite the record high fuel tax, Nebraska's tax still remains two cents below the national average. For more information on gas taxes around the nation, visit api.org. A Kansas man has been sentenced to four years of probation in a Nebraska crash that killed four Iowa motorcyclists. Hazar Cisneros Hernandez, age 24, of liberal Kansas, also was ordered Friday to serve 400 hours of community service. He pleaded no contest in February to reckless and willful vehicular homicide. Prosecutors dropped three more counts and two other charges in return for his pleas. Prosecutors say his vehicle hit two motorcycles carrying two people each on July 1, 2017 near Ogallala. The U.S. Supreme Court has struck down a Louisiana law regulating abortion clinics, reasserting a commitment to abortion rights over fierce opposition from dissenting conservative judges in the first big abortion case of the Trump era. Chief Justice John Roberts joined with his four more liberal colleagues in ruling that the law requiring doctors who perform abortions to have admitting privileges at nearby hospitals violates the abortion right the court first announced in the landmark Roe v. Wade decision in 1973. In two previous abortion cases, Roberts had favored restrictions. The Louisiana law is virtually identical to one in Texas that the court struck down in 2016. Merrick Animal Health said it plans to invest $100 million to expand and enhance its manufacturing facility in DeSoto, Kansas. The company is a division of Merrick and Company based in New Jersey. It announced that it plans a technology expansion of its vaccine production facility this year, plus an additional $66 million investment in the coming years. The site develops vaccines for swine, cattle, and horses. On the Rural Radio Network, I'm Dave Schroeder. Good life, great stakes, and Nebraska. Don't they all seem to go together? Hi, I'm Susan Littlefield. I'm excited to have you join me every Friday as we talk about grilling some great Nebraska beef with the Nebraska Beef Council. 
Did you know that Nebraska consistently ranks in the top three for beef producing states in the U.S.? And one out of every four steaks, burgers, and roasts comes from Nebraska. Make sure to tune in Fridays after 2.30 on KRVN. Feel more. Alex Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network, and I'm joined on the phone by McKenna Eisenzimmer. She's a member of the Keith County Farm Bureau and a student at Ogallala Public Schools. So, McKenna, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. McKenna, you were recently awarded a $1,000 Nebraska Farm Bureau Student Project Grant, and we'll get to those details in just a moment. But this grant is for students to expand or launch a new project in 4-H or FFA. So tell us a little bit about uh, your FFA supervised agriculture experience. Yeah, so for my SAE this past year, I actually took our entrepreneurship class through my high school with my ag advisor, Seth Feinert. And um, so our task for the semester was to come up with a business and make at least three sales and then make a presentation about it at the end of the semester on what we sold and how we marketed and who our target customers were. And, you know, just kind of practice, you know, a sales um, management type of a team there with you and your partner. And so I have always dreamed about starting a um, show pig farrowing business right here on our family farm. And so that was my project for the semester. I made a logo and designed it and made a social media page for my um, company. And then I, I didn't get to make any sales because, as many of you know, it takes longer than one semester to actually start a business when you're dealing with livestock that, you know, that takes three months, three weeks, three days to even get a pig to farrow, let alone, you know, additional time on that to actually make a sale. But it was really good. I have an Instagram page and a Facebook page, which are both Eisenzimmer show pigs. And I've got three sows and a boar that I'm currently working with right now. And thanks to my parents, they've helped me put up a farrowing barn. So I hope to get a couple litters here in the fall. But this project really all started, you know, as my FFA advisor and Without him, you know, a lot of this wouldn't have been possible. He really has pushed me to do my best. And, you know, without his help I and the amount of resources that he's gave me, I don't know what I what for sure I'd do without the FFA program and their help on, you know, just helping me get started. And then Farm Bureau, of course, you know, with this grant, that's also been a huge help there. Absolutely. So you decided to apply for this uh, student project grant, and it's $1,000. So tell us how you're going to apply this grant to what you're doing. Yeah, so last fall I actually applied for one of the Farm Bureau student grants and got that as well. And that money, the $1,000 I got from them last fall, I used to help put up my building and to spend on getting pens built and a heater for over the winters, just basic building supplies. And then this spring I reapplied to get another grant and I ended up getting that one. And this grant that I just thought it's going to be an expansion grant and so since I already have the project up and going this money is to help me keep it going and to expand like my business and so this money here is going to be used to buy feed and vet bills and to help you know keep things updated and just you know overall care of the animals what the money that I just received is going to be for. So McKenna you're you're about to be a senior in high school and you're really starting to expand uh, your entrepreneurial ventures. Tell me a little bit about what you hope to do in the future then. Well, my long-term goal is to raise quality show pigs for local um, area youth for 4-H and FFA. 
I think that, you know, I know a lot of youth that would like to get started in the 4-H program, and they just don't know, you know, where do I go to get my first animal? Like, how much how much should I be paying for it? What should I be looking at when I'm going to pick one out? And so that's my hope is to raise something quality and affordable so that I can help get youth members around here, you know, involved in this amazing program that, you know, Nebraska 4-H and Nebraska FFA offers to youth all across the state. McKenna, uh, as you're going to be a senior in high school, you sound like you're really experienced in this industry. And I'm curious what you've learned throughout this process. I have learned a lot from 4-H and FFA. Um, I've been involved in 4-H since I was eight and shown pigs and sheep and horses and goats and done almost everything but beef cattle. I, I wish I would have got started on that project when I was eight, but I ended up passing on the cattle. But, um, you know, you learn so much. And I mean, you go to county fair and everyone, everyone at the county fair wants to win. But I mean, the person that wins, you know that they've put in the time, they put in the effort, they put in the work with their livestock. So being able to see one of your friends win the grand champion bell buckle is just as rewarding as if you were to win it yourself. I mean, I think learning to be humble is definitely something that I've, I've learned throughout the past, um, the past years that I've been involved in 4-H. And then FFA, the past three years I've been in FFA have been some of the best experiences of my life. I have met people from all across the nation that are, you know, as involved in agriculture as I am. And to be able to talk to people from all around the United States and see, oh, well, you grow cotton. I mean, that's different. Or you grow oranges or whatever it was. I met a girl from California that grew oranges. And I've met people from down south that grow peanuts or, I mean, just a whole bunch of different things. To be able to meet people, um, that's, that's been a really cool thing. And, you know, learning from that, I mean you learn that what you do in your area might be completely different than what someone five states away does. And so just the learning opportunities that I've gained all across the board have been have been amazing. All right, McKenna. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Again, we've been joined by McKenna Eisenzemmer. She is a student member of the Keith County Farm Bureau, also a student at Ogallala Public Schools, and she was recently awarded a $1,000 Nebraska Farm Bureau Student Project Grant. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. KRVN, 93.1 The River, and Cami have always blazed new trails. This year is no different. We're giving you a chance to win a brand new Chevrolet Blazer. And not just any Blazer. A 2020 Blazer loaded with extra details like tinted windows and a custom paint job. For your first look, go to krvn.com and check it out. Be listening because we'll be giving more details on how you can get registered to win the Blazer this fall. We are blazing new trails. Thanks to these partners, Eustace Body Shop, Eustace, Cozad, Lexington, Kearney, Grand Island, and Lincoln, Heartland Chevrolet and Buick, Lexington, Nutrien Ag Solutions, Suretop Angus and Charlet, Farnham, Cornerstone Bank, member FDIC, with 43 locations serving Nebraska, Central Valley Irrigation, Holdridge, Lexington, Kearney, Nebraska Land, Kansas Land, Colorado Land Tire Group, and Lexington Regional Health Center. Time for the Midday Business Report, and as always, Bob Brogan is joining us. And Well, Bob, 
We're looking at stocks seeing a lot of green early on. Things are up. Uh, they're looking up. Stocks up in trading on Wall Street. Uh, earlier, the S&P 500 was up about 30 points to 3,039. And uh, right now, the Dow up 487, the NASDAQ up 89, and the S&P 500 up about 36 points. The number of Americans signing contracts to buy homes rebounded a record 44.3% in May after a record-breaking decline the previous month as the impact of the coronavirus pandemic sidelined both buyers and sellers. The National Association of Realtors says its index of pending sales rose to 99.6 in May, the highest month-over-month gain in the index since its inception in January 2001. The maker of a drug shown to shorten recovery time for severely ill COVID-19 patients says it will charge $2,340 for a typical treatment course for people covered by government health programs in the U.S. and other developed countries. Gilead Sciences says the price for remdesivir would be $3,120 for patients with private insurance. Domino's Pizza offering car-side delivery service, allowing customers to stay in their cars while one of the company's workers delivers their order to them. The chain says customers can choose the new contractless carryout option when placing a prepaid order online. Gas prices up just a little bit, um, up six cents over the past two weeks to $2.22. And also the Nebraska economy slowly recovering from the COVID-19 crisis thanks to steady home sales and a downturn in unemployment claims, according to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business. That's a check of the business news. I'm Bob Brogan. Thank you very much, Bob. Coronavirus crisis. We're in month four of working from home for a lot of Americans, and for many, it's about added benefits. I've been really surprised how much money I've been saving working from home. For example, I'm saving about $350 a month on my train commute. You obviously spend a lot less uh, on food. I have no commuting costs. In one of my cars, I've put gas in twice in four months. Going to the gym. You know, when you're working from home, you have that extra time in the morning, extra time in the evening when you're not spending an hour to an hour and a half commuting. When you can go for a run. Some, though, do have to spend a little bit more. I've gone to Staples about four times. I'm burning through toner cartridges. A recent study from CreditCards.com shows those working from home spend $108 more a month on groceries and utilities, but in other categories like childcare, gas, clothing, and restaurants, they are likely to save and they're less likely to get the virus. Anna Eliopoulos, Fox News. High Plains Ag Lab wasn't able to host its annual weekday this year because of COVID-19. But it did have educators and others visit the site for online virtual tours. I took the 21st Century KNB farm truck to Sydney and spoke with Chad Shelton, Global Director of Innovation Technology with ALBA, on a feral rye project he's been working on with the Extension Center. Shelton calls feral rye one of the wheat growers' biggest nemesis. This is a weed that actually not only is a, a pest for growers in the state of Nebraska, but also across all winter wheat raising states uh, across the United States, including Kansas, Oklahoma, Colorado, uh, Wyoming, uh, Montana, South Dakota, Montana, and Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. Shelton explains more on the coaxium production system to control the rye. 
system, the coaxium wheat production system, is a brand new technology that was actually developed by the growers in the state of Colorado. Um, this is actually our second full year of launching this technology and but the exciting part about this is this is actually the fifth year that we've been working with Dr. Cody Creech and the University of Nebraska to help us understand how best to position this coaxial wheat production system and aggressor herbicide for growers in the state of Nebraska. The coaxium wheat production system is a non-GMO trait for not only addressing feral rye, but also downy brome grass and jointed goat grass. Shelton says the coaxium system is made up of four key components. And the first component is the trait, which is a patented trait, which is really unique because it's owned by the growers. The second is the herbicide that is a registered herbicide aggressor that is used to control those winter annual grassy weeds. The third is the germplasm. And what's unique about this is the opportunity to bring this trait into elite germplasm for growers. And the University of Nebraska is actively doing that to be able to bring adapted varieties with the trait for a tool for Nebraska growers. And the fourth and probably the most important is really around stewardship. And to take this technology that the growers have invested their checkoff dollars to create and making sure that it lasts a long period of time. Shelton and the Nebraska Extension have been working on a feral rye density study together. This weed, if you have a 50% population of feral rye, can be very damaging, both on yield and quality. So what we've decided to do is develop a study that we were conducting across Nebraska, Colorado, and Oklahoma, where Dr. Cody Creech and his counterparts at those universities are actually looking at the impact for feral rye on yield and quality. And this study takes a coaxium wheat production system and looks at different levels of infestation of feral rye, the economic impact if left uncontrolled, and the quality impact if left uncontrolled. And then what we do is we take the aggressor herbicide and we look at different rates, different timings to actually maximize the return on investment for the grower when controlling feral rye. Coaxium is in its third commercial release and Shelton explains more on what they are seeing in the trial. What's really exciting about this trial, this trial really helps to take to the next level what the growers go through. And the treatment where it provided the grower with about 99% control was an application in the fall followed by an application of a, in the spring of aggressor herbicide. What we've done with this study is engaged the University of Nebraska and Dr. Cody Creech and his technician to evaluate the impact of rye both on yield and quality, and then also what it means to control it at different levels with different timings and the investment of the system and the herbicide to obtain 99% control. The High Plains Ag Lab in Sydney has several studies going on with wheat and other crops this year. The Nebraska Extension will have virtual tours online of the studies, including more with Shelton and Coaxium. With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Gustin. And good afternoon. As we take a look at today's market trade, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Before we jump into the markets with John Payne, want to let folks know if they haven't seen the news yet, both Farm Progress Show and Husker Harvest Days have been canceled for this year. We'll be having Matt Youngman join us later on this afternoon. We'll bring you all the updated information and his conversation coming up later yet today. But again, just recently announced that Farm Progress and Husker Harvest Days have been canceled for this year. Now let's look at what hasn't been canceled. Canceled. And that's the craziness of these markets as we take a closer look at these closing grain futures with John Payne. He's the senior marketing analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter. This Week in Grain, what are your thoughts on the way we saw the market trade today? 
Well, you know, if you took out the action we saw on Friday, we're pretty much right back to, to where we started the day, Friday morning. Uh, Friday morning was options expiration. So we saw a lot of positions on the short side. We put those puts, extra cheap puts would have been put into money on Friday's close. Uh, and I think there was just some unwinding in that this morning. Not a huge pan of corn here. I mean, I think the forecasts are, you know, somewhat optimistic for some yield destruction in the coming weeks, but it's, it's really difficult to get two torn tied up into a dry hot story when one, you know, it just rained and we're expecting a little more here in the next couple of days. So I know the second week in um, July looks a little bit, I'd say drier, uh, and that's going to get the bulls excited. I just think this is, you know, end of the quarter covering and then, uh, you know, you get the report tomorrow. So probably just a little bit of a get down day ahead of that as well. Do you have any early thoughts on what you, what you might see in tomorrow's reports or what you're hearing the, the discussion about? Well, the discussion will be shifting corn acres to beans. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I tend to agree with that or not. Um, I mean, on one hand, you know, price certainly would have affected uh, corn. But the one thing I, I do know is that south of you guys in the Texas Panhandle and really the center state, a lot of folks didn't plant cotton and ended up planting corn. So... I wouldn't be shocked to see the acres numbers come in north of 97 million tomorrow. Um, that would probably be bearish. Um, and on the other side of it, I expect the USDA to give us some sort of bullish wild card to offset that in, in the uh, in the grain stock some numbers. So uh, it's pretty cut and dry. You know, they'll either raise what we have on hand, and that'll raise ending stocks, or uh, we'll raise or move um, planted acres, and that'll move ending stocks. I think soybeans, you know, 85 million are probably a, a pretty fair number there. But in the long run, I think corn is probably going nowhere. I know, you know, a lot of bears, a lot of bulls out there. I think the more likely outcome is we just trade sideways here. Uh, September goes to 3.30, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's a 3.30, and you just kind of start dealing with the carry that uh, is going to get pretty heavy here as we get towards the end of August. All right, it's going to make definitely a lot more interesting. Thanks so yeah. much. John Payne's been joining us, and you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. And thank you very much, Susan. Again, if you just heard the news, Husker Harvest Days has been canceled for this year. We'll have more information coming up on the website at krvn.com, and we'll pass it along for you later on as well. But as always, if you missed anything from our midday program, we podcast our midday program. That can be heard at iTunes or at krvn.com. Our midday podcast is sponsored by Davini Motors. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Davini Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hard-working, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DaviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Davini deal.